So, when I was asked about the Tommy Sotomayor Sugar Shay situation with regards to sizzling, I think the thought that ran through my mind is when will black women learn? I think the thought that went through my mind is disgust, not at her, at the idea that black women have become so desperate for what Tommy himself coined, dick in attention, that a woman would be beguiled by an individual that made his mark on this platform. Initially, when Tommy was called Mr. Controversy, let's do a little bit of history here. Tommy initially came onto the platform under the name under the name of Mr. Controversy. And at that time, while he berated women who wore wigs and weaves and makeup, unbeknownst to anyone, he was actually living with a black woman. To protect uh her privacy, I won't disclose her name, but she was a black woman. And when the pictures of her surfaced, I remember thinking, she is the woman that he describes that he hates or that he has a loathing for. There's nothing about this man that would lead me to believe that he sees anything valuable uh, in black women. And he particularly expressed a disdain for dark-skinned women. So, it was ironic to me to see this woman in my opinion, a very beautiful woman. have standards so low and yet expectations so high. That's a dichotomy because I can't even imagine what type of rationalization you have to make in your mind when you hear someone say day after day, you black bitches black women this, black women that. I wonder if she saw his altercation with the woman who he got into the car accident with. When something as simple as a car accident in his mind warranted him telling her that he would beat her ass. Knowing nothing about her finances, 
he saw fit to call her a broke bitch and tell her that his house costs more than her car and you know I'm just here's the thing a lot of times women like to think that because he's not saying it to me because he's not doing it to me that he doesn't mean me that he won't do it to me well the thing that stops him from doing it to you is nine times out of ten proximity and an opportunity to do it to you a lot of these men on this platform that have abusive histories the only thing that stops them from physically doing something to you um, clearly when you have men that are stalking women on the platform uh, stalking their channels stalking them on other people's channels um, when they exhibit an obsession of sorts uh, with a woman that is not their woman it's not that there should be obsession is a sign of uh, there being deeper issues there than meets the eye there's something deeper going on beneath the surface and when an individual becomes so fixated on a person that they really don't know, that they don't have any sort of intimate relationship with, um, it's, a, you know, sometimes in an intimate relationship it occurs where a person can be in love um, and in love in an unhealthy way because obsession is not love and it's not indicative of a healthy love. It's actually indicative of control that that individual desires to have over that particular person that they're obsessed with. And, and the more control that they realize that they do not have, the more obsessed they become. So, when you have unhealthy love or an unhealthy attraction unfortunately that can lead to uh, the person becoming so obsessed and they can actually lose control to the point to where if they cannot get control over the person they may actually want to harm the person that's just how bad the obsession can get. When you think about instances of uh, celebrities being killed, it was often because at that time, celebrities didn't have an entourage. They didn't have a team to follow them around. They didn't necessarily always have bodyguards. And cases like Rebecca Schaefer, uh, cases like Selena, where you have someone who initially starts out, the woman who killed Selena started out as a fan. She started out as, as a fan and she was in uh, awe of Serena and that was until Serena found out, I'm sorry, not Serena, Selena. That was until Selena found out that she was stealing from her. She was entrusted to set up um, 
it was sort of a uh, basically like a fan club for Selena where she would receive donations and things like that and what Selena found out was that she was embezzling money so when she learned of that there were still certain documents that she needed to obtain to, from Selena, which is why she went um, to the hotel that day. And when she realized that it was final, that she didn't want anything to do with her, that she wanted to exchange the documents and she wanted them to part separate ways. Well, what happened is over the years, the woman developed an obsession for her. So she didn't see her as uh, someone that she loved and someone that she cared about. She saw her as someone, she thought that she had rights that she really didn't have. Rights to control certain things when she didn't. She didn't have a right to, with Selena's permission and with her consent, uh, be basically um, placed in charge of a fund in Selena's name and then spend the money as she, as she damn well pleased. She didn't have the right to do that. That wasn't her position. And certainly you don't have to continue to employ someone that is stealing from you. But nonetheless, because uh, it wasn't recognized that this woman was obsessive, that she wasn't just a fan, that it had grown beyond her being a fan, it ultimately cost her her life. Clearly, she thought she was safe because her being a celebrity, she certainly could have contacted law enforcement and had them meet her at the hotel to exchange the documents. So the fact that she showed up and she showed up by herself um, with her husband waiting in the car, the fact that she showed up and she thought that it was safe for her to leave her husband in the car and to go into the motel room or the hotel room with this woman by herself, clearly she felt safe enough to do that unaware that that woman went there with the intent to kill her it's not something that happened by chance she went there with the specific intent of killing her often women that are leaving abusers meet that same fate unfortunately because they believe that although they've been abused in the past they don't believe it can go that far There are women who were in that situation with an ex and they live to tell about it. And some of them are maimed for the rest of their natural lives. Because he didn't intend for them to, us to survive. It's just by the grace of God that they did and they use their voice to tell their story to warn other women. But there are just certain signs that there's actually 
certain signs that the experts on abuse advise women to look for because should a man engage in certain behaviors it's indicative that in all likelihood he, he could kill her so they've already determined that men who put their hands this, this these are facts that men who put their hands around women's throats kill women it only takes a few minutes to strangle someone to death and their life is gone in a matter of minutes you don't need a weapon um, all you need is your hands so a woman can be killed with a man's bare hands So, it's disturbing to me when I find a young woman that's attractive and out of every man that she could have pursued on this planet to have an intimate relationship with she would choose the likes of Tommy Sotomayor and think that that was a good choice, that that was going to end well. STD aside, I, I just refuse to believe that she was not aware of this man's history. I believe that what she thought was that, yeah, he's talking about them, but he's not talking about me. Look at the way he treats me. Well, he doesn't talk to me that way. Well, you haven't given him a reason to talk to you that way yet. He hasn't su successfully loved bombed you yet. Or idealized you. Put you on a pedestal. With the specific intent of kicking you off of that pedestal. When he begins to devalue you. And eventually, he'll see you as disposable. So, I don't expect that a person that is uh, callous in that way to have any empathy, including if they gave you an STD. I don't know if there is some sort of developmental delay mentally and emotionally but I don't understand why a woman would come to the internet but it doesn't surprise me I just don't understand it it's like you get used to seeing this crazy shit but you're not going to be able to comprehend it because it doesn't make common sense it doesn't make sense so I'm not understanding a woman coming to the internet. I thought it was a fucking parody. I really did. Because I could not fathom hearing a woman until I actually heard it saying that 
His penis, his genital areas, smelled like cat piss. But nonetheless, you're saying that he gave you a sexually transmitted disease. Well, how does it get to that point? Because if, a, if his penis smells like cat piss, that's indicative of what? Bad hygiene, that something else is going on down there? I don't think that there's a lot of women that, unless, you know, in the instance, um, I don't know what uh, prostitutes have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis or what sex workers deal with, but I'm quite sure um, it's not always pleasant. That's a different type of situation where you're talking about women, women that are soliciting uh, for money. Um, they generally don't have a choice. Um, when they're doing it to support a drug habit. Um, that's probably a little bit different from uh, a high price prostitute, uh, call girls and such. Um, it's not that it's not one and the same, it's still solicitation of the body, but um, I think they have a little bit more control as opposed to a woman that's walking the stroll, okay? Or just looking um, to turn a quick trick to be able to get some money. Um, I'm quite sure that they've had uh, countless uh, unpleasant experiences in that particular instance. But here you have an instance of where um, this is man is a YouTube celebrity. Um, there's not a person that's probably on YouTube that has least, at least never heard of him at least once or heard of him um, or know who he is. Moreover, know what his rhetoric is, know what his rhetoric has been. His body of work speaks for itself. And he has a daily show. I'm not buying that Sugar Shay never heard any of his live streams. That she's never heard the way he talks about black women and his disdain for them. But again, you have women that in their mind, they believe that they're going to be the exception. And this is what cultivates pygmies. This is what creates pygmies. I'm going to be perfect. So not only will he pick me, he won't see me the way that he sees others because I'm such a good woman, I'm going to change his mind about that. And here lies the problem. You're not going to be able to change that. I'm not of the mindset that men change for women. I think the man has to have a desire to change, uh, to be better. Not they, they don't change for women. They change because they have the desire to be better. If they don't have the desire to be better, then he isn't changing for the woman. Nine times out of ten, what he's doing is a lot of pretending and leading her to believe that he's changed. In a lot of instances, this is often when men are doing things behind women's backs. They're living a double life.
where she's not privy to the things that he's doing behind her back. You have men that have been married that are serial killers, that are serial rapists, and they go out and they rape, rape women and then they come home to their family and they're none the wiser until they get the knock on the door from law enforcement that this person has been out killing women or this person has been out raping women. There was a particular case here in Philadelphia um, where, um, and this dude was black. He was married. He was a fairly attractive dude. And he was going out raping women. And there was a woman who fought back in Center City and ultimately he killed her. He was captured. Now, on the surface, you know, he was military. He had been to the military for all intents and purposes. He, on the surface, he looked like he was dateable. May have been even marriage material, but that's not who he was. He was someone who had an inherent hatred for women. And apparently there were some signs that the woman that he married missed. The people around him missed or they saw things and then rewrote the story. So when I say rewrite the story, what I mean by that is that you hear something. You hear, we hear the same thing they hear, but they interpret it to be something different. Now true, people at times will interpret things differently. That's what makes us individuals. I'm talking about hearing something that should be universally a message that there's a problem there. This dude used to be on YouTube reviewing, basically giving commentary on stories where a woman was domestically battered and he would play the video and then gesture with his arms punching saying that he loves every time he sees a black woman get pound kicked. I'm not certain what type of relationship this woman expected to have with a man that blatantly at one time used white women as an altar that he worshipped upon and anything and everything he could do and say to tear black women down, he did. That Those are just the facts. He started the term hair-headed hooligans. Talking about white women, black women trying to be like white women. When in all actuality, I think, when I think back in retrospect, what was happening on the platform is that you had black women that had came to this platform and built very, and basically created a channel, ultimately turning, in, turning it into a brand for themselves. And they did that simply reviewing wigs, reviewing makeup, 
and things of the like. And I think that there were a lot of black men that were jealous of these women. And they were jealous of their success. And therefore they looked for some way to tear them, to rip them to pieces. Because they were jealous of that success. And although they were on the platform attempting to do the same thing, they didn't want black women to have it. And I assure you this sister and nothing has changed. There are still black men that will be envious. They'll be envious of your popularity. Uh, they'll be envious of your platform growing. They'll be envious of your donations and of your support. And in some instances, yes, they will strategically align themselves with you with the specific intent of destroying you. That's the intent going in. So, I was saddened in that she she didn't have enough love for herself. She didn't have enough respect for herself. Not to her that her standards were so low that of all the men that she could have picked to date or to be intimate with she would do it with a man that at his core this man has talked about his mother like a dog and because black women rewrite the story because oh no the truth that without rhyme or reason this man hates me this much well you know I, 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 I don't know if I like the way that feels I don't know if I like the vitriol that I feel from this individual so let me rewrite that story mentally and getting an STD is probably the price that you pay it's not the price that she should pay because no one should be uh, transmitting sexually transmitted diseases and this is the allegation so she's going to be treated just like they're doing Meg the Stallion this isn't something new why are we acting like this is the first instance of where a black woman has alleged something heinous has happened to her that she was somehow um, harmed in some way either by a black man or by the black community and there is no acknowledgement that this is factual that it you know we're making it seem like it's an isolated incident when it's not it's actually the norm for black women to be harmed and then to have not only the men in the community. See, they're upset about black women coming out saying that they don't provide protection. Well, because white zaddy is listening. So they don't want to come off because of, but that has nothing to do with them actually having a desire to do anything to protect you as a black woman. That's because it makes them look weak. 
and it makes them weak, look weak publicly. It makes them look cowardly publicly. Not just in front of white men, but in front of white women. Something that's always been a serious, serious pet peeve of mine has been black women that tell me or they make it a point to emphasize, I'm from the hood. I grew up in the hood. I've been in the hood all my life. Nevertheless, when you see a story or there is a trending story, should I say, <gasps> domestic violence, what's that? When you see a trending story or a hot topic, if you will, a woman was raped. Well, where does that happen? Oh God, how did that happen? As a matter of fact, what is that? A, a little girl was molested. A little boy was molested. A little girl was beat to death. A little boy was beat to death. Well, my God, where does that happen? A woman is alleging she was a victim of domestic violence. Well, where does that happen? I've never, well, I've never. And at some point, I can't take them seriously. Because there's no way. I've been on this planet for 47 years. And if it's one thing that they're not going to tell me, and that's what we've seen in the community. So whether it's a form of cognitive dissonance or whether they're in denial or whether, you know, they've um didn't experience in didn't experience it in their household. Now, that's not the same. I'm not talking about the women that are saying, I didn't experience this, that, or the other. I didn't experience this when I was growing up, personally. But there's no fucking way they can ever convince me that they grew up in the fucking hood and they did not see these things. And for, and for the most part, a lot of them have experienced the shit. But they're going to get up on the fucking internet and be cute about it. That's not necessarily my tribe. It's not that, you know, you only want women that have certain experiences. I don't want women. Uh, I don't think that my tribe of women would be the women that cannot empathize with other women that have had certain experiences. That's what my issue is. It's not a problem with, and, and that's usually the first, I want to say that's actually probably the biggest red flag that a bitch is full of shit. When her behavior, you're watching her behavior, right? Her behavior is demonstrating one thing. But she's telling you that, well, that never happened to me. 
I've never seen that. I've never experienced that. Well, make it fucking make sense then. If you've never experienced that, if you've never seen that, then why the fuck do you act like that? Why do you act like that? Is there some sort of psychiatric diagnosis I miss, perhaps? So, absolutely, I will be reserving my energy. And one of the things that came to mind is that when my creativity is at its peak, it's because I'm grounded, because I have withdrawn from social media. So that way, what I'm inspired by happens on an internal level, intuitively. You're just inspired based on a thought that comes to mind because you have to drown out and all empaths have to do that. Drown out everybody else's thoughts, what everyone else is saying, and rather concentrate on what you yourself are thinking, what you yourself are feeling, what you yourself believe. And you do that by drowning out all of the other voices. And once you've done that, and you've cleared out that space of what you were inspired or what you were internalizing, once you've done that, for me, I'm able to go back into spaces and not just burst at the seams when I see certain things. Because if I don't take that moment to pull back and to reflect and say, okay, wh what am I seeing here? What am I, what am I hearing here? Okay, well, you know, don't necessarily just call a person out on this or call a person out on that. So, to prevent me from doing that, I take a step back. So the question would be, why do women do that? Why do they deny what their experience is? And there's a couple of reasons why I believe that they do that. The first reason is as a form of protection, as a defense mechanism, because what happens is when you observe other women tell their stories and you see what happens in that instance and you see where they're either told that they're lying about their story or that they somehow brought it on themselves or that they somehow deserved it, you know, the whole, what were you wearing? Why were you out at that time of night? Yeah, it's the same sort of tribal shaming tactics in the instance of when something like that happens, in particular, when it happens to a black woman. Um, you're basically shamed because of your experience or they attempt to use it or weaponize it against you because that is your story. So when you observe that, The first line of defense is that I have to protect my story or 
I can't tell my story because if I tell my story, then the same thing could happen to me. They could somehow weaponize that information. They could humiliate me. So that's probably the first reason why women do it. However, there are some women that don't even do that for their own protection. Okay, there's no law against one protecting themselves. In that instance, it's your story. Nobody should be telling your story but you. It's your story to tell. Um, and it should be left up to a survivor as to whether or not and when. Not just whether or not they ever will tell their story, but when they decide. Should they decide to share their story? That is up to that particular survivor. No one should be taking it upon themselves to put someone else's traumas out there for their own benefit and for their own gain. The other reason why there are women that do that is because they're looking to walk on eggshells around the men. They don't want to say anything to make the men uncomfortable. And they're willing to deny that they've either been eyewitnesses uh, or been privy to another woman, woman's experience or another woman sharing her personal experience about a particular trauma, whether that was rape, whether it was molestation, whether it was domestic violence. So in order to not make the men feel uncomfortable, what they will then do is deny that they've ever been privy to even it happening to someone else. And they do that because they're willing to make the men comfortable at the expense of invalidating another woman's experience. And it's been my personal experience. Yours may differ, but it's been my personal experience that those type of women present the most clear and present danger to black women, to other black women, not just from the standpoint that they're willing to do anything and everything in order to acquiesce to the needs, to the desires of men. But because you can't trust them. Because each and every time that I've ever had any sort of interaction on a deeper level with those sort of women... Um, their pattern is the same. They think nothing else of betraying another woman. However, they will take a man's secrets to the grave. Now, those type of women are always going to get uh, what I call the black community's reward system. They're always going to benefit from the black community's reward system. But the fact of the matter is the reason why uh, I titled that video that over a year ago was because there is no reward system. And that's something that in due time, that woman too is going to find out. And nine times out of 10, it's going to be the hard way. But seemingly, 
because publicly, right, she may be being praised. She will get that stamp of approval, but not really. Because those are the women that do the majority of the suffering in silence. So it's liberating to acknowledge what your story is for you to be the one to tell it when and if you decide to tell it. And to recognize when you're in the presence of women who operate like that. Because once your business is out there or once you've entrusted your business with that type of individual, there's nothing that you can do to pull it back in once it's out there. So in that instance, prevention. That's why sometimes we do a, we do a lot of talking. We don't necessarily do as we need to be observing a hundred times more than we're actually talking. Sometimes the uh, inclination is if, you know, we get in on, we hear, you know, a conversation and, you know, we want to chime in or someone comes to us with a story and we can relate and, you know, we start unpacking. Absolutely not. Because narcissistic NSP type women, archetype of women, do the same thing that men do as it relates to mirroring. They will come to you and as conniving as it is, as manipulative as it is, make no mistake about it. If they think that's what it will take to get you to lower your defenses so that they can have access to personal information about you with the soul, with the specific intent of weaponizing that information against you at a later point in time, make no mistake about it, they will do it. And then take it to the very men that they conspire with to get those that type of personal information about you or to be able to have leverage over you. So the best way to protect yourself from that sort of thing happening to you or from having that bad experience, because what happens is over time, what it does is it changes the way that you see women. It makes it very hard to trust women. It makes it very hard to form bonds with them in the future. And it's not that you shouldn't, here's the thing you need to vet women as heavily as you vet men because if you don't what's going to happen is you're going to suffer the consequences or you're going to end up wishing that you had it that you had heavily vetted that woman just like you do men and that's the state of emergency that black women are in in 2020 we can't afford to continue to make those same mistakes. So when it comes to the women uh, that we believe um, are getting some sort of benefit from the black community's reward system, uh, well, look at their life. Does their life reflect that? 
does their emotional state, i.e. their mental state, reflect that? Does their financial status quo reflect that? Does the blessings that they receive reflect that? So what you're often seeing is on a surface level. You're not seeing what's going on on a deeper level. Okay. And it's just my belief that that's the reason why those women are often more insecure. Because they have to come out or they have to show up in the world inauthentically, disingenuine, and pretending, right, that this is not happening. Pretending they didn't see that. Pretending they didn't experience experience this. Pretending they didn't experience that. Pretending that they don't know what you're talking about. And as I said, there are some women that do that as a defense. Well, because I saw this person get attacked and discredited and devalued, dragged, mocked and humiliated because they told this story or they shared this experience. I don't want I don't want to have that happen to me. So I'm going to keep my story near and dear to me. I'm not going to share that with anybody, at least not publicly. And again, that would be something that uh, is left up to that individual woman. That should be her choice. If in fact you are your sister's keeper, then if necessary, uh, those type of secrets are secrets that you should take to your grave. Unless she's giving you permission or consent to share that information, you don't do it. And you don't associate with women that you know move and operate in that way. It's one thing to be cordial um, or to be, you know, sort of to op to sort of op operate like a politician uh, when it comes to certain women when it comes to social media period you sort of have to operate like a politician you have to shake hands and kiss babies right um, and you stay far away from those that you know lack integrity those that lack the ability to uh, be intellectually uh, those that are dis those that are intellectually dishonest. Um, likewise, um, pathological liars. Okay, so that's what I mean when I say you have to operate like a politician where you greet and you're very cordial publicly. Nonetheless, that's where it ends. Okay, you have to operate um, like you would a business associate. And you wouldn't, if you were running a business, and someone came into your business, 
you wouldn't start opening up to them as they're shopping in your business or as they're asking you questions about your products and your merchandise. You wouldn't start going into this long diatribe about all of your traumas. So I mean it in that sense that you have to feed them with the long handled spoon. And once you've seen those sort of attributes within a person um, under no circumstances, because what tends to happen is a lot of times we give people the benefit of the doubt that aren't necessarily deserving of that, that sort of chance. And what happens is um, it's sort of giving a person, um, and I always use that analogy because that's just how serious it could it could possibly be ultimately right um you don't give a person that attempted to shoot you right in the back a loaded handgun simply because the gun jammed you don't turn around and allow them to explain their way out of that if a person stabs you in the back and for some reason you happen to uh take the knife from them you don't give it back to them just simply because they're standing there saying oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to stab you did I hurt you I really didn't mean to hurt you well you know that's the reason why I use that analogy because trusting a person that has repeatedly stabbed you in the back or bit your back out. Uh, it's basically, there's, it's no different than that. Is that a person that wouldn't do it to you again? Well, all they would need is an opportunity or under the correct set of circumstances. So in that instance, no, you don't repeatedly, you're not required. Uh, and the other thing is the manipulation of the word sisterhood. Sisterhood does not mean that you can do whatever you damn well please to me, whatever you damn well please to me, or I can see you do whatever you damn well please to other women. That's mean, hateful, spiteful, vindictive, vicious, treacherous, or all sorts of backbiting and backstabbing. I can see you do that to another woman. And then that too would be an instance that women suffer from the not all or not me syndrome. No, the only thing that will stop that individual from doing that to you is an opportunity. If they do it to this woman, they would do it to you. The only thing that's preventing them from doing that to you or the only thing that would prevent them from doing that to you is a friggin' opportunity to do it to you. 